Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Hey, before we dive into this episode, I have an important question for you. What if you could start your home-based business in less than a week? Or let me rephrase that. What if you could finally make that paid hobby or passion project of yours an official business set up from start to finish in less than a week? What if someone handed you the roadmap with the exact steps you need to take to do just that? Well, I am doing that and I can't wait to share about it. Work from home rates and home-based businesses are on the rise. And if you've been thinking about starting your own small business in 2021, I created the exact roadmap and packaged it into a bite-sized, highly affordable bundle in the Owned Academy called The Starter. One of the number one complaints I hear from women who want to start a small business from home but struggle to really take that leap is... I just don't know where to start. I wish someone would just tell me what to do first, second, and third. So we put together a plan to help you do just that. From getting legally protected, financially organized, building a standout brand, and getting started with sales, you'll have the steps you need in the right order so you can focus on doing the fun parts that you love and rest easy knowing all the business stuff is completely taken care of. Plus, I brought in some incredible experts, including business attorneys, trademark lawyers, designers, and more to offer their expertise as you set up each step of your business for success. There's truly nothing else like it out there. So here's the deal. For one week only, this program, valued at over $600, is available to enroll in for only $97. Yes, you heard that right. But after one week, the price will go up. So if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something you need, I highly recommend taking advantage of this early enrollment pricing, even if you can't start on it right away, because you can work at your own pace. So mark your calendar because early enrollment opens on January 18th and that early enrollment special will be available for one week. Just go to learn.theownitacademy.com slash starter to learn more and get on the wait list so that you can be notified the second we open. That's learn.theownitacademy.com slash starter to learn more and get on the wait list or just click the link in the show notes. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of She. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the party. I'm so glad that you're here. In this episode, we're going to dig into creating a welcoming home, what that looks like, what it entails, how we can do it if we have a small budget, or even if we're renting, what hospitality really looks like, how we can create a space and find our unique style when it's so easy to feel overwhelmed by all of the options and uh, pressured by all of the beautiful photos we see online and everything else and then look at our home and feel like "Mm, it's just not adding up or measuring up. So today I'm talking with Michaelin Smith. And for the last 12 years, she has been known as the Nest 
Esther online, and she's encouraged women to embrace their home imperfections and all. With her signature tagline, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful, McQuillan has empowered fans to see their home's hidden potential and create beautiful, functional spaces they love. And that is what she is teaching us to do today. So we're going to dig right into it. You are going to absolutely love this, even if you don't consider yourself a very stylish person or if you don't really think much about decor. There's so much more meat to this episode than the decoration side of things. So let's dig right into it. It's such a good one. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Michael, and welcome to She. Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is going to be such a fun episode. We get asked about home and creating a hospitable home and welcoming home and all of these things from our audience all the time. And so I just can't wait for the listeners to hear all that you have to share. But before we dive in, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? How, well, first of all, what do you do? And then how did you get into it? And how did you get to the point that you're at? That's such a fun question. Well, and I, you know, I have a weird name, as you said, it's Michael. And so I started writing online 12 years ago and I went by the Nestor just because it was easier to pronounce mm-hmm. uh, and spell. And so I go by the Nestor online and I feel like my entire life, I've kind of seen the world through home colored glasses mm-hmm. and online. My goal is to help women. Well, and men too, but it's mostly women mm-hmm. um, create the home they've always wanted so that they can use it the way they've always dreamed. I know that's my own goal as well. And so I do that through sometimes it's classes, sometimes it's just a blog post or an encouraging Instagram or emails or books, whatever it takes. I am happy as long as I get to stay at home. So, you know, years ago, I basically a design school dropout because I figured out as I was in design school that really back then, ages and ages ago, I'm 46 years old. So that was a while ago. The only way to help women in their home was to actually go in. And so the internet changed everything for me. So to be able to encourage women in their home, the kind of women that might not hire a decorator, but still want some coaching or guidance on what to focus on and what not to worry about in their home. And it is the joy of my life. It was an absolute pleasure. I love the internet and what it's brought us. And I just have really enjoyed connecting and encouraging women in their home. I love that. I don't know if I've ever shared. I mean, I share this online sometimes. I don't know if I've ever shared it with you. But one thing that I often share is that I believe women have a powerful contribution to make in their home and in the marketplace. And we talk a lot about this on the show. And that's kind of the foundational message that resonates throughout any type of work that I do. And I think one thing that I've seen a lot is sometimes we overlook the power of the home and just what we can do with it, not only with how we can create a place that's a place of refuge and a place of rest and a place that we enjoy being in. And by creating our own look and our own feel and environment, but also a place of hospitality and a place where we can really impact others, not only those within our immediate families, but also our communities and our local communities and those around us. And I just think the home should be a place of restoration and it should be a place of refuge and where we really 
love to be and that we really can love to, to steward and to shepherd. And so anyways, I love that you do that. I just think it's so powerful. And it's such a beginning point to everything else that we do in the world. Every, you know, every day starts in our home for the most part. And so it's kind of that place where I look at it as almost this foundational piece to everything we're called to do out in the world, outside of our homes, and even within our homes, it starts there. And so I think, was it Mother Teresa who said, like, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family? I think it might have been her. I don't know. That's um, that's the quote. <laughs> yeah. So I just think there's such power in, I mean, I know there's a lot of pieces to the decoration side and all of the more tangible pieces, but I think all of that comes together in such a beautiful way. So anyways, I love some of the belief statements that you make on your website. And I would just love if maybe we could dig into some of those for a second, because I think that would just be encouraging for some people to hear. And then maybe you can share a little bit more about them. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. Okay, perfect. So the first one, you say, we believe home exists to serve people, not the other way around. Can you share a little bit more about what you mean by that and what that looks like? Yes. You know, when when I'm thinking about a room, and one of the things as I am, you know, maybe if I'm frustrated with a room or making changes in my home as I start one room at a time. But the very first thing to start with is to think about what activities and what the purpose of the room is. And I know like if you're watching HGTV, sometimes it feels like the best place to start is maybe your pin board or maybe even in the furniture store with your favorite designer's book. And those are all really helpful resources. But the number one purpose of a room is to serve whoever needs to use the room. And a big part of that is that that it changes a lot. So, you know, home is not meant to be finished. It's meant to be ever-changing. I think as we're talking, we're coming out of 2020 and never has that been more apparent because we're all home. Mm-hmm. I feel like our homes are very happy this year mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're all evaluating. We all want to use every square inch to the highest uh, possible, you know, way. And so for us to really think about the purpose of each room and Ultimately, that general purpose is to serve people. So that informs everything I put in a room. So I might not get a silk sofa because that will hinder that sofa serving me. I need to mm-hmm. pop down on my sofa with a bottle of wine or with some pizza or something like that. And if I'm going to have to babysit it, well, that's not something I want to do. Then I'm mm-hmm. serving my sofa instead of it serving me. Mm-hmm. So it's such a great place to start is to remember that, yes, our home partners with us, but it's there to support us, we don't have to be a slave to our home. I love that. We don't have to be a slave to our home. How true is that? And how freeing is that too, right? It's like, just, it's not only about the fanciness of things or the appearance, but also the functionality. I'm like, yes, yeah, sign me most up. Of us, you know, I know if I'm in a fancy place, I'm not even comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I'm most comfortable in rustic, imperfect uh-huh. scenarios. And so I think if we can just remember that, it really uh, kind of sets the bar a little lower, which is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You also say this kind of, I feel like goes along with what you're saying. So let's dig into this one. You say, we believe there's beauty in mismatched sheets and half made beds. I know you talk a lot about welcoming imperfections in our home. You just made that comment. So how do we really take the first step toward embracing some of those imperfections? And how do those imperfections kind of translate to a beautiful home? Can we dig into that a little bit more? I think some of us need a little retraining on 
what the goal of our home is. And, you know, I think maybe for maybe some of our mother's generation, that was more of a perfect, let me show you what I've done. Let me show you what I have and entertain you. Whereas for our generation, we value authenticity and we are more comfortable in a real space. And so a lot of times to kind of open the door and give ourselves permission to that, I encourage uh, women to think about maybe the last time or just a time in their life where they felt true hospitality, where they went to someone's house and they felt listened to and cared for. And then I'll say, now think about what that house was, like what what was happening there. And a lot of times there were lots of imperfections happening. You walk through the back door of your friend's house. Maybe there were kids running around. Maybe there were dishes in the sink. Maybe it was impromptu and, you know, you were handed a cup of coffee and someone moved things over on the table Mm -hmm. because true hospitality, the thing we all crave and the thing we all crave to offer Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily happen in the perfect scenarios. Mm -hmm. Actually, it happens within the imperfection. That is, those imperfections connect us, whether we want to admit that or not. And so I think if we can think back to a time where we felt like someone was offering hospitality to us, it reminds us of how simple it can be, how important, how impactful, and that we don't have to you know, require perfection from our home or from ourselves to get that true connection. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, there's been so many times, I think that example you gave so well, like when you when you walk into someone's home and things aren't, it's not, you know, it's sometimes impressive to walk into a home where you're like, wow, everything is perfectly placed, you know, but I think it's impactful when you walk into a home that regardless of whether it's perfectly placed or not, you feel like you're seen um, and paid attention to and and connected with. And I think that's what we remember. I don't, I mean, I just want to challenge anyone who's listening who may struggle with this because I personally, I don't know if you're like this at all, but I personally am kind of a neat freak in my own way. My husband's like the opposite. So he's always like, you need to chill. You know, <laughs> I'm like, but everything has a place, you know? And so as much as I appreciate that and that helps me function, there's just times where life gets so crazy that I'm not able to manage everything and get everything in its place. And sometimes I've let that scared me from having people over or opening my door. And I've really been convicted on that as of late, especially after going through some tough things this year, I realized like that's not what really matters. And so I've had to kind of try to release my grip a bit within reason, obviously. Um, but, you know, I just think I want to challenge anyone who's listening, consider some of the, the times that you felt the most welcome. Do you remember what they're, you know, what how clean their kitchen it was? Or do you remember how they made you feel? And I think that's just something for us to keep in mind, um, kind of what you're sharing and just looking at that as almost like a more comforting invitation. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that and giving us permission <laughs> to be imperfect. <laughs> another question that I or another, uh, I guess, belief statement that you've shared is we believe home should be the safest place on earth to take a risk. And we believe that unique style always trumps trends. So this is something I want to ask about that even like in the conversation of imperfection and kind of finding our way, how would someone I'm asking this kind of selfishly, but how does someone (laughs) find what their unique style is? Like, it's so easy, like what you had shared earlier about getting, you know, going to Pinterest and finding ideas and whatnot. And it can be easy to kind of get swept up and like, oh, the trend this year is modern farmhouse and oh, the trend this year is boho or boho chic. And then the next year it's so how do you really start to piece together what your unique style is? And what would you suggest somebody, where would you suggest someone start with that? Ooh, that's such a fun question. You're going to hate my answer (laughs) because I really think our... Our unique style develops over time Mm. as we have experiences, as we travel, as we move around, as we learn things. So your unique style now might be a lot different than in five years. And I love um, the 
journey of that. So I think a big part of that is just to be patient. Also, we have to make actual decisions on what sofa to buy. <laughs> we want it to feel like it represents who we are. Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, magazines and, you know, shelter magazines and places like that have kind of tricked us into thinking if we can only have this really great name for our style, mm-hmm. then it will solve a lot of problems. And that just simply isn't true. Even yeah. if we know like, you know, steampunk cottage farmhouse with a hint of masculinity, there's no store we can go to and then buy that sofa. Right. There's no artwork that's going to be like, now that, now I know what to do. Right. It's fun. <laughs> it gives us a cute name, but it really doesn't make any decisions for us. And mm. for me, the best way that I have learned is truly visual. I think Pinterest is the best gift for the home, you know, the at-home decorator, the at-home stylist that we all kind of are for our own home. And so I have found, I make a pin board for every single room in my house. So my bedroom, my dining room, my kitchen has its own pin board. And I want to spend a lot of times, especially if I am going to be making decisions in that room. So if I'm going to redo my master bedroom, then I'm going to make a pin board for my bedroom. And over time, just add pins because I love them. And don't look at, well, they have 10 foot ceilings and I don't, so I can't pin that. Or they have a fireplace and I don't, or I can't afford Mm -hmm. that rug. You just pin with abandon. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if you get a hundred or 150 pins, I know it sounds like a lot, but you can do that in a couple hours Mm -hmm. over time. You can look back and you can begin to see some repetition. And I even say, if you need to trade it with your friend or your sister and say, point, tell me what you see when you Mm -hmm. look at at this pin board. And what happens is you'll begin to see like, oh, I like contrast or, oh, I love floral. And I didn't realize that. Or I must be attracted to wallpaper. Maybe I should have wallpaper because all of these rooms have wallpaper or neutrals. You will begin to see your unique style come Mm -hmm. through just through what you pin. And I think it's such a fun way to kind of slowly discover what it is you truly love without having to make excuses or say, well, I can't afford that. Then you go from there and say, well, what could I do? You know, where can I be inspired in this? So I always, always, always start with the pin board and see what happens. Mm, that's such a good piece of advice. Start with the pin board and see what happens. Makes it easy. I agree. And it does take time. I mean, I even just recently, I'm going to ask a question about this as well, but, you know, going from moving from and, you know, buying our first home and selling our first home to moving into a different home. I've noticed that even from that experience, I found certain things that I thought, you know, I thought I really liked that, but I'm finding that that's not actually quite what I want to do, you know, and there's certain things I do want to keep and that I think are really true to who I am. But you, I, you're right. You do kind of find those things. And I like that, uh, that piece of advice you gave where having this name for your style doesn't really help you a whole lot because there is that pressure of like, I need to figure out what it is. I need to nail it, but it's, I think, ever evolving, <laughs> kind of like you said. And so it's just, finding those pieces and putting them together in a way that feels most aligned to you as you are able to. So that takes a lot of pressure off. I appreciate you saying that. (laughs) Something else that you say is we believe it's sacred. It's a sacred calling to be watchful about what comes into our home and purposeful about what goes out, which is so good. I absolutely love this. What does that mean though? Can you get, can you unpack that a little bit and how can we see our homes as a sacred calling to steward? Well, I think a lot of what we hear uh, whether we're reading shelter magazines, whether we're, we're maybe we're following our favorite designer on Instagram or watching HGTV is really focused on what we bring into our home. I mean, that's more fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a huge part of styling of 
making big decisions in our home is being mindful of what needs to go out. Editing is such a big part of design. It's not sexy. It's not as cool. It's not, you know, it doesn't sell commercials, but it's a big part of our job. And what isn't in our home is just important, just as important as what is. So part of our job as people uh, living in a functioning home that needs to grow and change with our lives as we're growing and changing is to pay attention to what we no longer need um, and not to be afraid of white space. I call it like on your wall, a white space would just be like a wall Sabbath. And, mm. and to know that in good design, white space is actually a necessary part. So mm. it's not required that we fill every surface or every space. And if something isn't serving you, you don't necessarily have to wait until you have its replacement. You can say, you know what, we're going to, unless it's your bed or your toilet, mm-hmm. you can get rid of it and then kind of let the house breathe. And even as you were talking about how now that you've moved, you know, you feel like your style has changed a little bit. And that is probably true. But also just the home itself sometimes needs to speak to us. And the more items that we have in a room, I feel like it's kind of, it gets louder. So if you imagine every item having a voice, and if you have 1,000 items, which I'm in my office, I'm sure I have more than a 1,000 items in here. I have a bookshelf that has many, many books on it. Mm. Well, if every item in the room has a voice, before long, it can feel like a roar. And sometimes what our room needs is for us to kind of hush it down Mm. and quiet it. And we do that by removing the excess. So that is such a vital part of uh, creating a home that really represents us, that serves us, that functions well, is removing things. That is so true. I, you know, there's like a freeing aspect to that too. Um, my friend, my friend recently said that as the owner of a home or a space, even if you're renting, you kind of serve as like the gatekeeper of your home. And that's a powerful role to play. And I've never heard it said like that, but I think that's so true. And it just really emphasize it. You've just kind of emphasized that just the importance of the freeing process, I guess, of removing things that don't are no longer necessary that just take up space, create clutter and add to our distraction, I think. So I love that. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) 
Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. I know that you've lived in, is it 13 homes? I 13 or maybe we're in our 14. I can't remember. Oh my gosh. Somewhere in the, I <laughs> so <many> lost track. <laughs> Don't ask me my zip code. That's I won't know. hilarious. Okay. So you've lived in a lot of different homes <laughs> and personally, I'm in the process of moving right now. So what are your top tips for someone who's moving to a new place and really wants to turn it into a place that feels like home? Oh, I love that. And I've had lots of practice and I think moving a lot has been the best training for me, better than the design school that I was in. Uh, so once your home is, you know, you always got to set up, you got to get sheets on the bed and the toilet paper out and the kitchen kind of set up. Mm-hmm. But after that, I think the best way to work through a home when you've just moved in is to really focus one room at a time. So n- not be buying furniture for six rooms of your house at one time, unless you just have zero furniture. Sometimes you have to get buy a bed and a dining set and a coffee table on the same day. Mm-hmm. But for most of us, we're moving in we're bringing some things with us. And so I think it's just so helpful to really focus on one room and not worry about the rest for now. And, you know, I think one of our biggest mistakes when we are making decisions, most of us are really good at identifying what we do and don't like. Like we can look at a bed or a rug Mm -hmm. and say, I love that or I hate that or it's not Mm -hmm. my style. Mm -hmm. What trips us up is we are making our design decisions out of order. And so working in the right order is the number one most helpful thing, whether you're renting, whether you're owning, whether you live in an apartment, whether you have a mansion, whether you live in a tiny house, There, there's an order that once you make the first decision, it kind of naturally leads to the second. And I can go over that really quickly if you want, but yeah. it simplifies things. So 
the order that I work through, number one, is quieting, like what we talked about. So some of us have been in our homes for a long time, and we need to maybe change a room up for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Or even if you've moved in and maybe you have boxes around. And so the first thing in just that one room will quiet it and remove anything you possibly can except the large pieces. So if you have a piano or if you have mm-hmm. a bed in there and dresser or a dining room, a dining table, but I take the drapes down, I roll up the rug, I take all the tchotchkes out. You want the room quieted. so. In a way, it kind of speaks to you and you can kind of remember, oh yeah, we never painted the walls or we never mm-hmm. painted behind the sofa. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you, you live with it for a day or two and you let the room speak to you and everyone else in in the house. So mm-hmm. sometimes it says different things to different people. And then, of course, you want to think about the purpose of the room. What mm-hmm. activities are going to happen? If you're going to eat pizza and play games with your family every night, well, that's mm-hmm. different than maybe if you're going to crochet and not really use the room that often. So that informs all the next decisions of how many people are going to use it on a daily basis and what activities. So from there, you move your furniture back in and you arrange your furniture and you do the seating, the surfaces, and the storage. And you get everything in the right place. Often, I know what I used to do when I would move into a house Mm -hmm. is I would put the television where the last people had it. Then I put my sofa across from Mm -hmm. that. And I immediately started hanging art because I wanted Mm -hmm. the room to feel cozy and homey. But that was in the wrong order. I didn't have my drapes up. I didn't have a rug on the floor, even if we had carpet. Like, Putting a rug on the floor is almost claiming the room, I feel Mm -hmm. like. You can do it over carpet. It adds style. It adds texture. It adds warmth. And it's not taking up any actual space, which I am a big believer on, Jordan, Mm -hmm. because I call myself a cozy minimalist. So Mm -hmm. I I want to use the the least amount of stuff, but I want to get the most amount of style. So a rug for someone like me is just like my BFF. Mm -hmm. Um, So I call it the Holy Trinity. And I want to do rugs and drapes and evaluate the lighting. And not every room needs window treatments or drapes, but a lot of times they do. And if we skip that step, what happens is we think we need to add more art to the wall. Mm -hmm. If we don't put our furniture in the right place first and really evaluate that, we hang our art in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So getting the order is so, so helpful because it allows you not to maybe waste money or buy more than what you actually need. That's so good. I love what you said about rugs too. I never thought of it that way. That was just like a random thing that popped up to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And so can you quickly just give us like a quick rundown again? So what was the first place you start? I want to make sure we get this. So first place you start. So the very first thing, you're going to go one room at a time and you're going to start by quieting it. And then you're going to arrange the large pieces, your seating, your surfaces, and your storage. Mm -hmm. Once you get those in the right place, which you might want to feel, and that happens by moving furniture. You're going to like sweat the pits out, (laughs) push the sofa around, feel stupid. I want you to try the sofa, even if you know it's not going to look good in front of the window. I want you to try it there. This is your chance to try it in all different places. And that's Mm -hmm. how you find the best layout for your furniture that you have right now in your room with, you know, the people who need to live in your house so that you Mm -hmm. prioritize the seating, the surfaces, and the storage. Once you get that, you move on to the decorating trinity, and that's rugs, drapes, and lighting. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, when you have your furniture in the right place, when you have added um, cozy window treatments that are hung high and wide, so they're hung correctly, a rug that maybe is in your style, uh, and nice beautiful filtered shaded light. Most of us don't have enough lamps in our house. Mm -hmm. Your home is going to feel like 90% done. Mm. You haven't added, even added like the cute bases from Target or pillows or even art 
you can get so far when you prioritize the right things. And then so after you do the decorating trinity, the rugs, the drapes, and lighting, then you move on to walls. Mm. When it comes to walls, there's really only three options. You do a wall treatment, which can be, we all have wall treatments because we have paint, Mm -hmm. but it could be wallpaper. Maybe you need a shiplap or maybe you want some kind of decals or, you know, whatever it is. And then wall art, which anything to me that is on the wall or leaning against the wall, I call wall art. Um, mm. And so everything in your home is in relationship with each other. It's like a little happy family. So you don't hang your art until your furniture is in the right place because your mm. art is in a relationship with the furniture that it's hanging over. And there's mm. all kinds of little, this is all from my cozy minimalist home book. If anyone's like, what, what is that again? Uh, so <laughs> okay, I go into it in detail there. It's like written out in chapters, but you can get it. You can get a lot of it just from this. It's mm. very simple. We promise we make it too complicated, yeah. but by working in the right order, it eliminates. So think about it. If you have your drapes hung correctly and, and decorative drapes actually cover up more of the wall than they do the window. Well, that limits the size of your wall. So suddenly you might need less art than you thought you had, Mm. (laughs) than you thought you needed. And if you think about having the right size art, most of us in America, we are buying our rugs too small. We're buying our art too small. And then we're creating an accidental gallery wall. Have you, Mm -hmm. I've done that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I love this quote. That's an eight by 10 over my sofa. And you put it up and we all know, you know, we know that it looks too small. So what do we do? We shop the house and find like 49 other small things and put them up there. I have done that so many times Mm. where actually if we would have just thought, you know what, I need a larger piece of art and maybe invest it a little bit. You usually end up spending less and you have something that you like more when you just start off with the right size art or Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to, you know, have a blank wall for three months as you look. And right now, like Facebook Marketplace is on fire. It is Mm. the most amazing place to find all kinds of home decor. So I would highly, it doesn't mean you have to go out and like shop all new. That's not even fun. So that's the, that's the gist of it from, from then after art is all the fun little tchotchkes. So your pillows and your vignettes and things like that. But that's just like, that's really is the last 5%. And I know before I became a cozy minimalist, that's what I really heavily kind of put the burden on my style was like the pillows and the tchotchkes and the cute little vase. But they're so small that it was too big of a burden for them to really bear. And my uh, surfaces became really cluttered and I didn't feel like my home really suited me or was my style because I was working out of order. That's such a good piece of advice and makes it so simple. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Like obviously, you know, but I think you're right. We get into the exciting pieces or the things that we think will make it feel more cozy and then that can actually feel, make it feel more cluttered. So I love that. Also guys, check out the book, Cozy Minimalist. And then can you also share what's the name of your second book? Just so as we're in the conversation, they can be checking these out. Oh, I sure can. I have three books. The first one is The Nesting Place. That is all about, so if you are struggling with feeling content where you are, I wrote that entire book in a rental house. Every photo is from our rental. Um, just really needing to be content with an imperfect home. So that's the book for you if that's where you are. It's called The Nesting Place. The second book I wrote is Cozy Minimalist Home, More Style, Less Stuff. So that is the book if you are needing, if you are in the process of approaching a room or needing to make design decisions. Like, okay, I get that it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful, but I need to buy a sofa. What do I do? That is the book to help you make actual design decisions. And then the book I just uh, published a few months ago is called Welcome Home. And 
and that focuses on hospitality and seasonal decor. So maybe if you're, if you kind of feel like your rooms are done, but you want to, you know, you want to complete the circle, which is create the home you've always wanted so that you can use it the way you've always dreamed. That book kind of gets you there. Mm, I love that. So good. I love that title or that subtitle. That's such a good, good principle, I think, for all of us to live by. Okay, I want to ask a couple more questions, and then we will wrap up here. But you say that the size of your house doesn't dictate the size of your hospitality. So what are some maybe first steps or practical steps that we can take to use our home to create a welcoming environment and to host family and friends? Well, I think the first step is thinking and understanding that hospitality doesn't always have to happen within the four walls of our house. It can happen on our front porch. It can happen Mm -hmm. at the park. Like hospitality is more of a mindset, I think, Mm -hmm. than opening up our door and Mm -hmm. setting down a charcuterie board and that type of thing. So just remembering that that's where it begins has been most helpful to me. Mm -hmm. And especially even, you know, in 2020 and I think going forward, I love hosting outside. Like when you host outside, all you have to do is throw some bleach in your toilet and swish it around, have a drink (laughs) or two outside. Like outside hosting is the baby step into hosting. And the other trick for that is impromptu hosting. Mm. So it's one thing if you're like a month before, set a dinner date with your friends and invite them over. You can do that. But the pressure is off when you're like, texting a friend from church or a neighbor and saying, hey, do you want to drop by in two hours and Mm -hmm. sit by the bonfire? Like no one expects anything. Mm -hmm. So I think just like what will make it easier on you, remove all the barriers so that your personality will enjoy hosting the most. I'm a major introvert and I still hosting is one of the favorite things I do. But I know that means, you know, I'm not going to host at midnight Mm because I go to bed early. So make it easy for you. That's awesome. I love it. Make it easy. Okay. So one other thing about let's leaning into this conversation about making it easy for just a second. Um, what advice or tips would you give to those of us who want to create a beautiful home, but maybe are listening and feeling like, I don't want to use more resources or money or stuff than needed. I know we talked a little bit about stuff, but when it comes to keeping it affordable and, and simple and easy, how can someone accomplish that? Well, it's one of my favorite questions and favorite topics. When you are making changes in your home, it takes, well, I guess like four things. Let me see if I can get them all off the top of my head. Uh, one is creativity. One is inspiration. So just like, oh, the ideas. Uh, one is the freedom to make changes. If you're renting, which we rented for many, many years, about half of our married life. I've been married for 25 years. We have rented a house. And so that limits you. So you have less of the freedom to do things. So you have to be more creative. Time is another thing. You know, if you're going to do more DIYs, that's going to take a little more time. And then money is another thing. So Mm. it is a combination of all four or five of those that is what it takes to make changes in your home. If you have less money, well, maybe you have, I want you to think about what you do have. Do you have time? Do you have creativity? Do you have inspiration? Do you have freedom? The same with any of those. Maybe you don't want to do DIYs, but you have uh, you have more time and you can barter with someone or you have more money and you can just pay someone to come. So always think about, well, what do I have instead of focusing on what you don't have? I love that. Okay. One last question. This is a little bit, again, I'm just like going with this theme of like, how can we make this as easy as possible? So this is a question that I've actually been asked just when I've shared little 
glimpses on Instagram stories of things I'm doing to decorate and whatnot in, in the past. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not an expert at this. But when it comes to seasonal decorating, I think it can be a little bit overwhelming to try to switch things up pretty regularly. And so what are some ways we can still maybe have some of those seasonal pieces or decorate seasonally without having to go overboard or spend a ton of money or time switching things up every few months? Would you offer a couple pieces of advice on that? Oh, I could talk about this all day long. I'm so sorry. I feel like I've talked your head off. I know. I love this. This is so helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I just wrote an entire book about seasonal decorating. I cannot believe I had so much to say about it. But, you know, I had to really differentiate between seasonal decorating and decorating for celebrations. And so even, you know, the big one of the year is Christmas time. So instead of decorating for Christmas, Come December, I start with decorating for the season or focusing on the season, which is winter. So I do that for every season, whether it's spring, summer, or fall. First, start with the season. Don't think about the celebrations within that season. So don't think like, oh, I need to decorate for the July. That can come. But first, I want you to seasonalize your home. So whatever season it is, you know, no matter where you live, you can probably walk out in your backyard. And because you are familiar with your own climate and locale, you can probably look up and look around and know what season it is. And you know that because of how you experience it with your five senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, maybe what you taste, Mm -hmm. all of those things is how we experience life. And to bring that into our own home, and I know, again, before I was a cozy minimalist, when I call it a stuff manager, Mm -hmm. I only focused on the visual and I was neglecting the other four senses that have such power. And Mm -hmm. so when I seasonalize a home, you know, maybe it's moving from winter into spring. And so the first thing I'll do is I'll, anything in my home that we don't need to use anymore because spring is coming, then I remove that. So it always starts with editing. So maybe, you know, North Carolina, we don't get to use our fireplace a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Come spring, it's already hot. So maybe I'm, you know, cleaning up the fireplace and putting all the tools away for that. Or maybe I'm putting up uh, winter coats that we had kind of hanging easily accessible in the hall. So I'm thinking bigger picture than just the decor as Mm -hmm. I seasonalize. And then I usually start with maybe scent. And I think about, well, what what smells like spring to me? And how can I incorporate that into my home? And maybe that's a candle or essential oils or opening my windows when we mow the grass. Mm -hmm. I think about uh, what you hear. What you hear is so kind of related to your memory. Mm -hmm. And so Christmas, that's so powerful. And spring and the summer. So I have a playlist for every single season. I have a way to play that in my house. I have speakers. And so come spring, I'm listening to my spring playlist. So kind of filling our home with the sounds of the season, even uh, what you feel. So I might switch out our bed sheets uh, from winter to summer for like lighter, even maybe the hand towels that we use and the pillows on my sofa. I use feather inserts with pillow covers that are removable and washable. So maybe in the winter, I have like these warm, fuzzy, really heavy textured pillow covers. Get them on Etsy or West Elm. Lots of places have them. And then in the spring, if I want like a pastel, well, I can do that. And I don't have to, you know, buy a yellow sofa that's advertised on anthropology. I can just switch up my pillow covers Mm -hmm. and it can feel like spring. And that also is something that I'm touching. A lot of us naturally are going to cook differently for the seasons. And so thinking through the seasonal supplies, like many of us at Christmas, we have like 14 different wreaths for our door, but we don't have a Dutch oven or we don't have a cookie sheet or we don't have a bread knife. And so really thinking through what activities during the season do I want to do in my home? And do I have the right supplies to cater to those activities? And kind of working through the five senses is the way that I do that. What happens is, 
say it's winter, when your home is winterized and you have nubby fabrics out and you have your flannel sheets and you walk in and you have your uh, winter playlists playing and you have twinkly lights and candles out. Well, to decorate for Christmas is so much less work. And then when you put your Christmas stuff away, it's still winter. Your home still feels like warm and snuggly and wintry. And so that is that is the quick overview that I probably saw too long on how I approach the seasons is seasonalizing whatever the season is by working through the five senses. Mm, so good. Okay. I just have to ask because everyone's going to be wondering, you have been so helpful. And I think you've made this process feel a lot more simple and doable for so many of us. As, at least for me, I'm like, oh, okay, got this. I have a plan now. <laughs> um, so thank you truly for sharing so much of your knowledge and everything that you put out into the world. I would love if you would share just one last thing. Where can everyone learn more from you? If they want to take your classes or get your books or follow your blog, where can they learn more and soak up more of this knowledge and these and this really, I think, just helpful approach to creating and cultivating a welcoming home. Oh, well, thank you. My my online home is thenester.com. So that's kind of the hub. And my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. It's so visual. And I you can find me at the Nester. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and for everything that you have shared. You are such a blessing. And it's been so great to chat with you. Thank you. You're such a good interviewer and you had such wonderful questions. That oh, was really thank fun. Thank you. What a lovely compliment. <laughs> it's taken a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.